Welcome to Setting Captives Free podcast. Jesus said, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. But many people wonder, how can I be free from things I've struggled with all my life? Anger, impurity, anxiety, depression, fear, gluttony, and so on. Well, today, Eric Hurt and Mike Cleveland study a passage of Scripture that will help you enjoy the freedom that Jesus died to give you. Okay, hello and welcome back. This is Mike Cleveland with my brother Eric Kirk doing a new uh, podcast together. Eric, I'm excited about continuing our discussion that we had from last week on the cutting of the heart that happens. And so uh, what uh, thoughts do you have as we begin this podcast together? Well, last time we were talking about that there was nothing that we could do. It's without hands and a circumcision in the heart, a cutting away. And uh, But there is something that we can do, uh, can't, isn't there, Mike? There, there is something that we have to do, we must do. Um, and, uh, and, and what is that, Mike? Something so simple that we need to do. And what are your thoughts on that, Mike? Right. That's exactly right, because we don't want to to go away thinking, well, if it's done without hands, there's nothing we can do. If God circumcises me, so be it. But no, no, no. Um, God has made the preaching of the cross to be the instrument that he uses, the knife, as it were, that circumcises our heart. And so what we can do is to get around wherever the cross is proclaimed. We can hear we, we want to listen to it. We want to read about it in God's word, because what happens, Eric, is we come to the cross and we look, we simply look with our eyes of faith, with our, the eyes of our heart being opened by God. We look. That's our role is to look and listen. And as we do, we hear, we believe, we put faith in what we're hearing. And as we do that, the heart is cut. That's right. The, the old man is crucified. The old person dies and we rise again with Christ. So it's important, I think, Eric, isn't it, to, to show that while it is a work of God, a work of Christ in circumcising our heart of the spirit of God does this work. We are putting ourselves around where it happens. Um, we're coming to the place, right? We're offering ourselves up and saying, here I am, Lord. What, here, what do I do? Just like they said in Acts chapter right. two. Uh, right. and, and Peter answered that question and he said, believe and be baptized. Uh, and so we, in other words, put faith in what you just heard, believe it and evidence that you're believing it by being baptized, showing the world that what has happened to you is you've died and you've risen again. And this is exactly why the church needs to rediscover the power of the cross, the power of this message alone to save and heal and set free and continue to save. In other words, continued power for sanctification. So if the church is not preaching and teaching this message, this Jesus, then, then we don't have anything to look to. We don't have the message to believe in. 
And so that's why it's so important, Mike, that the church rediscovers this message only for its power, for its message, for its teaching, for when we preach this from our pulpits, then they have uh, all that here, including the preacher himself, as, we're, as we've talked about, when we preach the gospel, we're hearing it ourselves too, and we're being affected. This will affect the whole church. They'll have the right message to look to and believe in over and over, seeing their sin once again there. But if the message is void, see, the church is the hospital, isn't it, Mike? You know, when you see on the back of an ambulance, you'll see a pole with a snake around it. What is that? <laughs> That's the church. The church is the hospital where, where we come in. We come in and we hear the message of the cross and we're healed once again, maybe saved for the first time. Um, we don't look at our sin. We don't look at the snake bite. We look to the cross and are healed. Doesn't make sense to the world and it's foolishness to some, but to those who are being saved, brother, it's the power of God still over and over. We need this power of God. How do we receive it? By looking to the cross once again, by looking at the pole that Jesus lifted up, whom draws all people to himself and heals them with his wounds, cleanses them with his blood, washes them and, and, and cherishes them. And then we in return cherish, cherish him because of what he's done for us, you know, and, and so the church is the hospital, the spiritual hospital for all and and so we want we want to bring them in and give them the message we don't want to bring them in and then send them out to the world for healing they'll never find it as we said it in the last podcast that's outward uh, the world will teach from outward so we're sending them out to do the exact opposite of what they need no 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 bring them in and share the message of the cross with them and then call them to look up constantly and see their Jesus, this Jesus, dying on their behalf, crushing their sin to death in his own body, whatever the sin might be. And, 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 and they'll be healed, the, the spiritual hospital, the church. Wow, I love that. Uh, and, you know, the, the church is only the hospital as long as they have the message of the pole. That's right. Hung up. It would be like, you know, taking someone injured in an accident into the ambulance and then looking at him going, oh, you're bleeding. I didn't realize that you need to get out and go uh, over somewhere else. <laughs> no, <laughs> this is the place of healing. The church has the message of the cross. And you know, that, that message, Eric, is uh, illustrated for us in that very passage in Numbers chapter 21, where the Israelites were bitten by serpents and the solution to heal them was an uplifted pole with a, a serpent on it. And they were just told to look, just look, what do you, what do you mean? Don't you know I'm bitten by a serpent? Don't you realize my body has venom all the way through it? Don't you know I'm dying? Stop telling me to look. But those who looked were healed. And that's the way it is, brother. We look at the cross 
we see our Savior filled with love, love pouring out of his every pore, his every cell, crying out, I love you. Do you see it? Mm -hmm. I'm bleeding for you. I'm breathing my last breath for you to remove your sin, to take away the wrath of God. And, and so I was reading the other day, Eric, and how Haman was lifted up on a pole. And what happened after that? It says the wrath of the king subsided. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, Jesus is nothing like Haman. He was pure and holy and spotless. And yet when he died on a pole, what happened? The wrath of Almighty God subsided. He poured it all out on Jesus so that you don't get any of it. There's not a drop left for you because Jesus endured the full wrath of God, taking our full punishment so that we can be free from it. This is the message that heals. Look at Noah in the ark and God told him to build this ark and to pitch it with pitch. He says it twice. Pitch it with pitch. Cover it with pitch. Inside and out. Tar the thing up. That word pitch is the actual word atonement or ransom. Mm. So what was it that kept the wrath of God, that watery flood of God's wrath, out from those who were safe mm. inside? The atonement. The ransom. The pitch. It's a story. It's a picture. It's an actual story, a literal historical event. But Eric, we're seeing the cross. We're, we're seeing that I'm safe inside. And you know what? I, I, might, I might fall in that storm in, in the ark. You're, oh, I got blown. I fell. But Eric, I'm safe because I fell in the ark. And I'm saved by the atonement of Jesus. When we're in Christ, now other people might look at you and, and point out your falls and remember your wrongs, but you're in the ark. You fell in the ark. Maybe today someone's listening and, and they feel that their fall has ruined it all. Are you in the ark? Are you, are you saved by the atonement? This is where we're saved. This is where we're healed. This is where the wrath of God is exhausted for us and we escape and we're free. This is the message, brother. And this is why I have to tell you. And every time we have one of these podcasts, I say it, but I thank you so much for this book, because I'll tell you something. You can't read this book. You can't even read a paragraph of this book without seeing the message that heals and restores and forgives and sets free and washes and cleanses and makes new. You can't even read a paragraph in this book called The Gospel for the Church without experiencing this kind of power. And I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I thank you so much for writing this. Um, it, it has ministered to my heart and it, to the hearts of people all around the world who are going through this study. And if you're listening today and you want a study cram-packed full of power, simply go to Amazon.com and type in the gospel for the church, Eric Hurt. Eric, I had to put that advertisement in there because I'm so excited about it. <laughs> yes, you are, brother. And I love your excitement. And this is what happens. Mike, you are just filled with the Holy Spirit and filled with the love and the joy and the peace. And you're flowing like a river. 
Why? Because that's what Jesus said. Jesus said, come to me, right? Come to me, all who are thirsty. And, and right? And, and, and he, for out of your heart, out of your new heart, when you come to Jesus, uh, you, out of your heart, out of your new heart will flow rivers of living water. And it says that he was talking about the spirit. And that's what that's what's happening with you, brother, is you are looking to the cross. You are giving the illustration of the ark, but you were really looking at the cross. Yes, that's a real story. But it, but you were looking at the cross and you were sharing with us that even if you fall, you're still in Christ. You're in the ark. And Jesus is the one being pummeled. You know, and I and I love how you describe that in in looking to Jesus. Look to Jesus and see how he was marred beyond human recognition. This was sin mauled up and bottled up. The perfect Lamb of God, the Son of God, who never knew sin, was left heaven. Like you said in the last podcast, he not only did he leave heaven, but he stripped himself naked, became nothing. The perfect holy one stripped himself, became naked and nothing, and was nailed to a cross, judged in his naked, you know, body, which became sin in public for all the sins that we've done in secret and exposed and held up there by his love for us. And it's just, when you look at the cross, you see the blood pouring down the post you see his skin that was ripped to shreds and then his back's full of slivers for us in pain and agony for us, winning the victory over self, winning the victory over our flesh, winning the victory over Satan. I mean, on the cross, there's no more debt for us. There's nothing but love and life for us. There was a mountain of debt that stood against us, brother. But at the cross, it's been paid in full. <laughs> you know, I love that. Just as Jesus was being betrayed, right? Leave them alone. I'm the man you're looking for. Let these go. <laughs> and it's just a marvelous message, brother. Well, I don't know about you, but I am so filled with worship right now and so thankful. Because once again, Eric, once again, I've seen how much he loves me and how far he went to rescue me. Mm. And, you know, I was looking in Zechariah 11 the other day, and God says, you have considered me worth 30 pieces of silver. That's what you think I'm worth in Zechariah 11. And, and this 30 pieces of silver is like a betrayal, he said in, in Zechariah 11. In Zechariah 12, after the betrayal by 30 pieces of silver, in Zechariah 12, they looked on him whom they had pierced and mourned for him. Eric, their hearts were cut. Yes. How? As they looked on him whom they had pierced by their sin. They looked on him whom they had pierced and they mourned. This is what it means to have our hearts cut. We mourn and we worship, we grieve, and we have gratitude in our hearts. And then in chapter 13, it says that on that day that 
that they pierced him, on that day a fountain was opened, a fountain of cleansing to wash away idols, to clear the land from idolatry and to set the people free. So they sold him for pieces of silver, they crucified him, and a fountain was opened. And this is all in the Old Testament. <laughs> and this is where we find life at the foot of the cross. As you were speaking, brother, my heart was cut. Mm. It, it, I'm, I'm torn up inside. And yet I'm so freed that I want to run and jump and hop and skip and leap and sing and worship. I want to do Psalm 95 all over again. Let us declare the praise. Let us sing to the Lord our God. He is our maker. He has done mighty things. You know what the mighty thing he did? He suffered in my place. He died my death. He set me free by blood. By his wounds, I'm healed. And so are you. This is a message you and I can't get enough of. And all throughout eternity, we will fall prostrate before the Lamb of God. For worthy is he. Worthy is he who died. The Lamb of God is worthy. And he deserves our praise. And you know how it comes? is by looking at the cross. When they looked on him whom they had pierced, they mourned. And that mourning was followed by dancing. He <laughs> turns our mourning into laughter. He turns our weeping into joy unspeakable and full of glory. He does, Eric, He, what do you say, man? <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you, brother. As, as, as you speak, it's the same things happening to my heart, brother. I'm being cut up, I'm being torn up, and I'm being healed, and I'm being satisfied. And, and yes, in the Old Testament, we see it over and over again of the rock who was struck, and every, all, everyone's thirst was quenched. And, 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 and Jesus was struck, and as he was struck on the cross, our thirst is quenched completely. You know, we don't want to return back to the old life. Why? Because we're so satisfied, right? Like a dog uh, returning to its vomit. What is that all about? You know, that which turned the stomach, that's that which didn't satisfy, that which was regurgitated up and out, that which was rejected. You don't return to that. There was no nourishment in that. That was turning the stomach. That, that did nothing. It was vomited out. That's our old life. And you return to that? No, we don't ever want to return to that. That old life turns our stomach. It doesn't satisfy us. It's regurgitated up and rejected because we're filled up and satisfied completely. And, 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 and we don't want, there's no other message that, is other that has ever done this to our hearts, ever satisfied us completely. This is the message that stabilizes us and anchors us and, and, and changes every desire within us. And, and, and the only way to experience it is again looking to Jesus over and over again, continuously being washed. You know, and later, Mike, we see that the rock was struck and later the rock was struck twice. That's not what was supposed to happen, Right. Moses was supposed to speak, just speak, look to Jesus and speak, look to Jesus and tell him, 
Look to the one that was already struck for you and speak to him. He died once that we might be set free. He died once and was punished once so that we might have life in him and freedom in him. Now we speak to Jesus. Oh, we come to the cross and speak. We fall down and worship like you've been talking about and we're filled and satisfied. Look at Thomas falling down before Jesus as he's looking at his wounds, the purchase price paid for him. And that's what we love to do. And that's what we'll do as long as we have breath in our lungs. Right, brother? If I can find the words, <laughs> I just am worshiping with you. You know, you brought up that story of the rock being struck in the wilderness. So it was the Israelites who were sinning. They were complaining against God. And God says, get up here, guys. Come up here and see this rock. And they're all like, oh, no, he's going to destroy us. Yeah, our sin has has brought death. We're we're done for. And look at Moses; he's striking a rock as if the rock did the sinning, mm. as if the rock needed to be punished. He he hit it. Um, and out came water for the Israelites to drink as the Holy Spirit flows from this message flows from the cross of Christ. And as they drank that life giving water, don't you think they went? Wow, he loves me. Yes. He, he punished some innocent rock. And the New Testament tells us that rock was Christ. And the innocent one was published for the uh, punished, punished for the guilty ones. The innocent one was struck and beat. And later in Psalms, you read about what happened to that rock. It was torn apart, it says. I mean, he, it, how can a rock be torn apart like that? Mm -hmm. And yet, Eric, think about it this way, too. As we come to the cross, that cross is like Moses's rod. It strikes my heart, and I flow tears of repentance out, mm -hmm. tears of joy and gratitude. My heart is struck. My heart is pierced. And isn't that what we started talking about in this lesson, lesson five, mm -hmm. is my heart, my heart is pierced at the cross by the Spirit, and this is the message that does it, is what you and, I, you and I are talking about. We want to call the church to come back. Please drop all of your fancy ways of doing church. Please drop your rock concerts and motivational messages. Please change. Please grab a hold of this message of power and watch your people get healed. Watch your people get struck and, and then start to cry. Now, we don't have to cry. That's an emotional response, but, but we can. The point is that we are wounded, that we are pierced in our very inner being, and we're put to death, and we're raised up again, and now we have a testimony. You don't have to teach me how to testify. I can't help it. If somebody who has seen something is a witness. You don't have to teach them how to witness. They witnessed it. John says that which I've seen, which I've heard, which we've touched, which we've walked with, which we've felt, I proclaim to you. And, and this is the message, Eric, that this life is in the Son of God, and he came and laid it down to give it to you. He came down and, and took the 
piercing, took the cutting, took the hitting of Moses' rod, the bruising, the wounding, the splitting. He took it all and bled to death so that you can live, really, really live with real life, abundant life, eternal life. (sighs) Wow. This is so much different, like you said. This message is so much different, like you compared to the motivational speaking and rock concert. And I hope that our listeners can see the difference, can hear the difference. You know, the motivational speakers, Paul said, I did not come. I did not come with eloquent words, right? But he came in the demonstration of the power of the spirit. And this is what we find at the cross. So much different, a completely different message. Motivational speaking seems good, maybe, but it has no power. There's no lasting power in a motivational speaking. This gets to the emotions. This gets to the emotions, but it doesn't go far enough. It doesn't go deep enough. That's why Jesus had to go deep into death. He had to suffer. He had to be pierced and punctured and wounded and had to die for sin. He had to go deep into death. He had to go deep into the grave where he rested from his work. It was finished on the cross. And this is a spiritual message, not not a motivational message. It's a spiritual message that pierces the heart and brings you to your knees. And will you proclaim, what must I do? You look up and receive. You believe and you receive the message of power. Receive the message of love. Do you see it? Do you see God's arms open wide to receive you? Oh, let him, you know, come in. The blood of Jesus draws those who were far off near. And he's drawing us near to punish us? No. He's drawing us near to receive us. Jesus was punished and condemned so that you and I could be received. Abba, Father, we cry out now. Daddy, Daddy, our Father now. God has become our Father through the death of Christ, through the offering that was acceptable to God through the blood that speaks a better, better than the blood of Abel, right? Speaks forgiveness. I love you. I forgive you. I've, I've shown you. Look at my son's wounds. Look at his side pierced for you. Look how the curse of the crown was pressed into his head for you. I'm loving you. Do you see it? Receive it and believe it. Eric, it's February 4th, but this is my salvation day today. Amen. It happened years ago, too. But every day that we hear this message, that we look to the cross, that we hear with the ears of faith and see with the eyes of faith and believe with the heart of faith, we're saved again. Now, this is called sanctification. It's a daily saving from sin. I'm saved today because I heard you preach the gospel to me. 
I want to close by reading a couple of comments of people who went through this course. And if there are any pastors listening, I would ask you, would you like to hear these comments from someone in your church? And so Miles writes, if we do not allow this message of the cross into our heart and remember that it was our sin that crucified Jesus on the cross, this it becomes a nice religious story that has no power. When we focus and let it sink in that Jesus, the Son of God, was tortured brutally and nailed to a cross for my sin, and that God the Father allowed it and watched his Son be brutally tortured and die on a cross for me, oh, the cutting it does, he says, and gives the power to surrender our lives to him. This is what happens. This is the power that you can have. Ask God to give you a focus, like Paul, who said, I resolve to know nothing while with you but Jesus Christ and him crucified, so that I wouldn't come with all of that man-made oratory skill and ability, but rather I would come with the power of the Spirit. Miles says, oh, the cutting it does. Kelly writes, our hearts must be cut because it's how we know that we have genuinely believed. This cutting is a divine work of the Holy Spirit as he takes the sword of the cross and cuts our heart. If this cutting away does not happen, we will remain in our sins, our guilt, and unbelief. Mm. These are responses. Kelly writes again, I'm thankful for the Holy Spirit's work in my heart that has cut my heart with the sword of the cross. But it's not just a one-time thing for me. Each time I go, and Eric, this is why. Pastors need to preach the cross all the time. It needs to be the message from every uh, place in the Bible that they preach from. Amen. Because as she said, it's not a one-time thing for me. Each time I go to the cross to feast my heart on Jesus' death and resurrection, my heart is wounded and healed at the same time so that I can continually take hold of the righteousness that has taken hold of me. If you're a pastor, would you not want to hear your people say that? There's someone who's changed. There's someone who has been cut and healed, put to death and made alive. Uh, and Eric, this is the power of the cross. This is the power that's in this book called The Gospel for the Church. And I just love it. And I thank you. And what final words would you say before we close? Oh my, that was uh, wonderful, brother. I'm so glad that we went back over those comments. I would love to hear those in the church, how powerful that is. And so, yes, I, I think I'd end here with 1 Corinthians uh, just 1.17. It says, for Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel. And not with words of eloquent wisdom or motivational speaking, or tickling the ears of those hearers, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. <laughs> so the message of the cross is what we focus on. The message that cuts the heart, not eloquent words of wisdom. So pastors, you don't have to be eloquent in your delivery. You just Preach the message of the cross from the Old Testament where you see it. 
and from the New Testament, making these connections, because otherwise the cross of Christ will be emptied of its power to go out and affect the heart of people like Kelly and Miles and others. Oh, friend, once you come to the cross and look yourself, and then let this be, like Paul said, be determined to know nothing else but Jesus Christ and Him crucified. That which cuts the heart, which heals the heart, and gives testimonies like these. And we just say this and ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. This has been a podcast of Setting Captives Free. For more information or to enroll in free interactive courses on finding freedom, please go to settingcaptivesfree.com. Tune in next time for more truth that sets captives free.